Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, September 26, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on the Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Grace, you had one hell of a day on Sunday, and we're going to talk about it a little bit later. You started <laughs> your morning. Did you start your morning at the Broadway flea market and grand auction? I started it the right way, which is every single year at 9.30 a.m. I go to St. Kilda's Coffee on 44th and 9th, or in between 8th and 9th, and then I make my way watching everyone put up their tents, and, and we'll talk about it later, but that's, yes, that's exactly how I started my day. Okay, well, we will get all into the festivities that happened at Broadway Flea uh, at the end of the show, but before we do that, I did want to let you know a couple things. First off, we did have an episode of This Week on Broadway in the Patreon feed starting on Saturday because they recorded it Saturday so people could get to Broadway Flea. We are having issues with the Broadway Radio website, so uh, it's not necessarily going out on the regular feed. So for those of you that are hearing this, that means you're that you're, that you're Patreon subscribers. So those are the benefits of subscribing to Patreon. So I'm not even going to tell you where to go to sign up because if you're hearing this, you already have. Unless at some point it gets fixed and you get this episode later. Either way, if you are hearing this in a normal time, uh, thanks for subscribing to Patreon. Uh, We'll have more information about that coming up. Anyway, getting into the news, let's start off with some uh, details that dropped on Friday afternoon about the upcoming Broadway premiere of the play, which... I'm a little conflicted about, but I feel like it's probably a good thing. The Ohio State Murders, starring Otter McDonald. This is the show that is marking the great Adrian Kennedy's Broadway debut at the age of 91. Uh, it's kind of crazy that she hasn't had a Incredible. show on Broadway yet. But joining the great Audra McDonald in the show will be Bryce Pinkham and Lizanne Mitchell. There will be other casting still to be announced. I think there is... Two more women's roles and one more role for a man that they will be announcing here at some point. We talked about Bryce Pinkham here a couple weeks ago, didn't we? I don't remember what we were talking about. him. We were about. talking about training places because I was just in Atlanta seeing him. In right, that. But, and but so, what brought that, but yeah. what brought that up? I feel like there was something that led to you talking about training places. And I can't think of what it was. It just simply was. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, the Ohio State Murders begins performances on November 11th at the newly renamed James Earl Jones Theater ahead of a December 8th opening. And I did kind of look into it because I wasn't 100% sure. I was a little apprehensive about my beloved alma mater, you know, being named in a play like this. But um, the playwright, Adrian Kennedy, is not only an Ohio State undergraduate alum, she also has an honorary doctorate degree from the institution. Um, but the play follows a mystery around a character named Suzanne Alexander, who is actually a recurring character in a lot of Kennedy's plays. It is a semi-autobiographical character. That is the role that McDonald is going to play. But Alexander returns to her alma mater, the aforementioned Ohio State, as a guest speaker and explores the violence in her works. The play is described as, quote, an intriguing and unusual suspense play, as well as a socially pertinent look at the destructiveness of racism in our society. So I was already going to go when you said Otter McDonald, then you said Ohio State, then you said Bryce Pinkham, then you said it's a mystery. I'm so in on this one, Grace. So Yeah, uh, and this one feels a little bit more like a solo show. This happens to be one of the shows I'm actually working on. Oh, so okay. I just yeah, it's it's um it's kind of interesting. I didn't realize it was a lot more of like a in, in introspective like solo i mean there are other characters obviously like you said like bryce pinkham mm-hmm. is attached now <laughs> yeah. but yeah i wasn't prepared for the subject matter and so like i think you'll it's it's an interesting look at at this person's journey so yeah awesome. i'm excited for everyone to see it 
Very cool. Another thing that I'm always excited about is the latest show that is coming to Lincoln Center Theater slash LCT3 up at the Claire Tao Theater upstairs. I actually had this conversation on a uh, this week on Broadway a couple weeks ago with Peter Felicia. We don't know if it's Claire Tao or Claire Toe. Um, I figure if Peter Felicia doesn't know, I can get away with not knowing. Uh, but anyway, this is the world premiere of a new play by Julia May Jonas called Your Own Personal Exegist. It will begin performances on November 19th and will play for six weeks through December 31st. Um, it is a, uh, a show that seems to have quite a bit of religious connotations, which is fairly interesting uh, to see how this is, this is uh, approached. But here, I'll read the plot description. In the sanctuary halls and rec rooms of a liberal parish, Brian angles for power, Addie attempts transfiguration, and Beatrice battles with obscurity. Meanwhile, Cat the youth pastor, can't stop gazing into the troubled eyes of her congregant, Chris. Featuring original music by Brian Cavanaugh-Strong, your own personal exegist is a bracingly funny and slightly devastating collision of coming-of-age eroticism and religious ecstasy. As a former Catholic schoolboy, I feel very uncomfortable about religious ecstasy just in general. That goes against everything that I was taught. But I love everything at LCT3. I think one of my... Maybe even my favorite thing that I've seen all year uh, was at the wedding there earlier this year, back in the spring. So I am a big fan of everything happening there. So um, definitely keep an eye out for your own personal exegesis when it begins performances in mid to late November. All right, moving on, we do have some sad news to share. And on Sunday, we learned that the original star of the Fantastics, Rita Gardner, has passed away at the age of 87. She played, I think the role is technically the girl, um, but known as Louisa throughout the the libretto. She passed away um, over the weekend at 87 due to a battle with leukemia. She had a long and extensive career, not only on stage as an actress, but as a teacher and a personal instructor as well. Um, she had a number of Broadway shows, beginning first with the short-lived show back in uh, 1962 called A Family Affair. She made her final Broadway appearance in 2006 in The Wedding Singer, where she played Rosie, had a number of songs, had a lot of great uh, moments in that one as well. She was in a uh, revival of Pal Joey and replaced in Ben Franklin in Paris. She was the original understudy in On a Clear Day You Can See Forever. She replaced as Abigail Adams in 1776 and was in a bunch of other shows. I can't tell you how many times I've listened to the original cast album of The Fantastics. It is one of those shows that I saw on my very first trip to New York, and it's always just kind of stu stuck with me, especially Obviously, the uh, the great Jerry Orbach originally uh, playing El Gallo is one of those roles that just mm -hmm. like resonates with me. But um, for Rita Gardner, I always have a hard time remembering that. Well, try to remember. Oh, thanks. You're I welcome. forgot. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that album, like that, that's one of the seminal ones for me that I like holds a, a deep place in my heart. So it's very sad to hear about her passing. But she had a long and varied career, both in New York and regionally, and as a teacher and a personal voice instructor. So. Um, you know, I send out the best to everybody who is mourning her both personally and professionally. All right, Grace, 
I know you know because I know how busy your schedule is right now, um, but we are getting into the thick of it now that we are officially into fall, and there is a ton happening this week in New York theater, not just on Broadway, but off-Broadway as well. But let's start on Tuesday, where we have the first preview performance for the Broadway revival of Suzanne Laurie Parks' Top Dog Underdog, which is being directed by Kenny Leon, who also coincidentally is directing uh, Ohio State Murders later in the season. Um, but this one will begin performances on Tuesday at the John Golden Theater. As we've talked about before, it features uh, stage and screen star Corey Hawkins and Yaya Abdul-Mateen II. I'm very excited for this one. This is on this is on the top of my list. Very excited about this one begins performances on the 27th officially opens on October 20th. And as far as I know, this is not a limited run. At least it's not publicly listed as a limited run. It is an open ended run. There is no closing date associated with it, according to the Broadway League. So uh, I hope it does super well. And, And Corey Hawkins has obviously had a pretty decent run in theatrically related movies over the past year or so between in the heights and the tragedy of Macbeth. So hopefully uh, his return to Broadway is a great one as well. And, and very much looking forward to it. I'm obsessed with this cast, whether it's from like Watchmen or anything else mm-hmm. that I've been watching. Like, I just, I, I agree with you. This is kind of one of the top of the list, no pun intended. And um, knowing that Susan Laurie Parks is also going to be making her stage, like, you know, public yeah, debut, public, yeah. like that's going to be just so cool. It's a really momentous time. And like, I keep, I keep harping on this and I'm sorry, I'll shut up. But like, like I said on Twitter, like this is a very exciting time for a lot of like people of color and in big Broadway shows and, and, and like plays. And I just want like everyone to flock to these shows. Like the, you know, the death of a salesman has like everybody that's been seeing it this past weekend has not shut up about how incredible it is. Like there's, there's good stuff going on. So please, please, please run to these shows. I'm so excited. Speaking of shows, A, that feature a predominantly black cast and are by a black playwright and at the public theater. Um, Also happening on Tuesday is the first preview performances of the public theater's revival of Lorraine Hansberry's A Raisin in the Sun. It stars Francois Batiste as Walter Lee Younger, the indomitable and iconic Tanya Pinkins as Lena. I already have tickets to this to what as of now is the closing performance. I would not be surprised if it actually gets extended, but it is currently set to run from September 27th through November 6th. All right, Moving on, on Wednesday, we have the first preview performances for the world premiere play by Gracie Gardner called I'm Revolting at the Atlantic Theater. I can't hear that and not start to think of Matilda, but obviously this is nothing related to Matilda. Um, It is directed by Drama Desk nominee Nude Adams, who did English at the... Uh, Atlantic Theater last season. It is currently set to run through October 16th. Um, I don't know a ton about this one, but everything you know that happens at the Atlantic is generally worth seeing. Do you know more about this than I do, Grace? Okay, so I'm excited about I'm Revolting for many reasons, and one of which is that I fell in love with Gabby Beans seeing uh, The Skin of Our Teeth at mm-hmm. LT- LCT. And so that's one, uh, hello, you got to see it. And then the other one is that Patrick Vile, who was part of the Oklahoma revival, so if you're obsessed with his Jun, performance... Yeah. You have to see these two people. And of course, like the entire cast, but those those two specific actors that I'm like thrilled to see in this show for I'm Revolting, like I can't wait. Great. Speaking of things that you are seeing and have seen on Thursday night at the New York Theater Workshop, we're beginning performances for the off-Broadway run. No, it's actually the opening night, not beginning performances because you've already seen it. Um, the opening night of Victor Cazares' play. Uh, how do we say this? Is it America 
televisions because tele yes. is in parentheses. Do you have to like, like lower your voice? Well, yeah. I know, but I'm like, do you have because it's it because it's parenthetical? Do you have to like lower your voice? Is that what it I is? Think it's or? funny when you do that. I like okay. that. American televisions. Um, Anyway, it began performances on September 10th and is uh, currently slated to run through October 16th. You saw it over the weekend. Tell us a little bit about it. It's not open, although you didn't you didn't get a a press ticket. But uh, no, thank you to you. You're welcome. Um, Because your New York Theater Workshop membership. Um, So what's crazy about this is that, like, first of all, kudos to the New York Theater Workshop staff, because I came in as the show was starting. (laughs) So they helped me maneuver for everything mm. uh, because I was running through the West Village. Um, but this show was nothing like I expected and it was everything that I want from New York Theater Workshop. Yeah. It challenges you. There's so much happening with like the set and the costumes and I just want to once again shout to the roof tops how incredible ryan j haddad is to see on stage um he is just phenomenally funny um he is so nuanced and and just uh, a wonder uh, of an actor i'm i just truly am enthralled every time i get to see ryan on stage um but yeah so i i wasn't sure what to expect i tried not to read anything about it and it perfectly encapsulated i think after after i saw the show i went that's a perfect title and um i was really obsessed with it i wanted to go again um, I'm really excited and, and honored that I got to see the show and it was so cool. And I want to throw this anecdote out. As soon as I left the show, I met my partner for um, Korean fried chicken at Mono Mono, which is one of my favorite restaurants, right? On East 4th. Always got to get and the then, theatrically related restaurant reference in there. You know, I have You're to, You're on brand. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I am on brand, but also like I love food and you know this. So as soon as I left that, I was walking down the street and um, we, were, we were popping in and out of shops. And then these people started yelling outside of a vegan chocolate shop. And then I noticed it was the entire cast of the show. And I said, "Um, hey, guys, just saw you loved your work. (laughs) And so they were like, that's cool. Would you like to try some vegan chocolate? We've been looking forward to this between shows. And I said, I would absolutely love that. So I bought a a fudge shop and got to talk to everybody and tell them how wonderful they were. (laughs) And I went on my merry way. Uh, But it was such a wonderful experience. I love New York and I love those moments. And um, it was just very cool to see everybody because I tried not to hover because I don't know, you know, everyone's protocols are different. And I want to try to respect everyone's like actor space, especially if they're COVID testing and all that stuff. Uh, But it was just such a funny like, huh, of course, of course, everybody's still hanging out in the in the East Village. And getting vegan chocolate like. It was fantastic. I've got to, I've got to shout out. I've got to find the name, but it was, it was really a lovely fudge bar. So <laughs> thank you all for that. That's all. So yeah, now we can talk about the show. <laughs> awesome. Um, also happening on Thursday, we will have the opening night of Weightless, a new indie rock musical from, uh, from the WP Theater. It was written by the Kilbanes, who I absolutely love. Their one of their previous shows, One Hundred Days, is fantastic. I got to see them do it when they actually did like a residency of it down here in Florida over in Tampa after doing it at, I think, at New York Theater Workshop. One of actually. my favorite albums, by the way. It is so good. It is it so, bops. so freaking good. Yeah, yeah. So um, this show is a, they say it's like a a concept album concert. So uh, they had done it um, previously virtually um, during the pandemic a little bit, um, but they say it's a theatrical concept album driven by a deeply moving narrative which weaves ancient myth with indie rock. The band and the cast are one and the same, blurring the line between actors and musicians, as well as between musical theater and rock concert. It is currently slated to run at the WP Theater um, through October 16th. Highly recommended. And if you don't know 100 Days, check it out. I'm sure it's streaming somewhere. It is really, really good. Okay, so Weightless 
part of WP theater. This is going to be the first time I've ever been to WP theater. Like I'm, oh. I'm really excited. I'd, I'd been to a show like with their partnership with the vineyard and that's right, really right, cool. Right, but right. like, I'm thrilled to see waitlist. So I will have news for you. I'm seeing it this Wednesday. I'm hopefully talking to some creatives for the show that will be premiering on Broadway radio. So stay tuned for that. Mm. Um, but other than that, like, yeah, there's a lot of good off Broadway stuff opening up guys. Get to yeah. it. Unfortunately, I'm going to transition after you say that from off-Broadway to Broadway and not things opening up, but instead things that are closing because this coming Sunday will mark the final performance of Come From Away on Broadway. It will close on October 2nd. (sighs) Makes me sad. Like, I understand the business behind it and why this is happening, but it still makes me sad that this show is closing. I feel like this should be a show that runs forever, and I honestly feel like it could have if the Schubert's had given him that opportunity, but that's neither here nor there. So if you have not seen Come From Away, either A, ever on Broadway or B, in a long time, or you just want to see it one more time, um, definitely head over to the show and felt because this is a very special show. And Matt, we'll always have the pro shot. I know, but it's still, but just like being in that <laughs> theater and like feeling that energy is, is special. And I've seen it twice on tour. So it's not like I hadn't seen it, but like being able to see it on Broadway and with Jen Colella and so many of the other original cast members still in it. Like that was, that was a special. And I sat in the front row. I was a front row Fox for that. Um, and it was, uh, very exciting, but. Anyway, last thing uh, in this theatrical schedule coming up on Sunday, the off-Broadway premiere of Baldwin and Buckley at Cambridge, which is a co-production between the Public Theater and the Elevator Repair Service, will officially open. We talked about this last week. It uh, just got extended through October 23rd, um, so we won't go into more of that, but uh, another thing that we wanted to point out. All right, Grace. Flea market. It is both extremes for me, something that I would love to be at because I love all of the things that are there that I could possibly find. I feel like you'd secretly hate it. Right. But then there's the other side where it's like (laughs) tons of people and like tons of theatery, like over the top people that make me a little uncomfortable. But so give me your thing. Yeah. Give me your opinion. It's not like a con. It's not like a big, you know, kookalooku. It's kind of, I mean, from when I've experienced now, I've seen some Twitter threads as of late in the past couple of hours that have been like, hey, um, people were pushing me. This was scary. That was not my experience, but that doesn't invalidate, you know, those people's experience. Um, I, this is kind of like a sacred event for me. This is more important to me than like Christmas. Like, I don't know why, (laughs) but for the past like seven years since I moved to New York, it's become this really like funny ritual of I get up, I go early, I get in at 10 o'clock when everyone's setting up. I, I kind of peruse everything. I spend the whole day. I didn't get to spend the whole day, but I, I knew the map layout. Thank you to BCFA and Broadway Flea for like posting that. Um, this is going to be the layout of, of whose table was where. Let me tell you the Beetlejuice table out of this freaking world, the oh, line. Sure. Oh yeah. my gosh. Down a damn avenue. I was like, let's, let's simmer. Um, but I, I love the enthusiasm. I loved seeing everybody. I really enjoy this event. I think camaraderie is beautiful because everyone's there. Not only to like get their stuff, but it's all going to a good cause. Like it's all going to charity, right? So I think that everyone's intentions are good. And so in that way, it isn't just a fan service event. It's like a communal hospitable moment. Um, but I I made a beeline for creative goods because I knew they're the ones who did Mr. Saturday Night, and I knew that there was gonna be merch available. And sure enough, there were buckets and buckets of t-shirts oh, and sweatshirts so and all glad. this stuff. Yeah, you know, I cleaned them out. Um, but like I um I made my way down, and of course there's a silent auction and Kristen um Chenoweth, by the way, 
there were no price tags on Kristen Chenoweth's closet. And I just want to say that I wanted many of those gowns and I did not know and didn't want to ask because I was afraid the, the price was astronomical. The money is going to a good cause. So I understand it. But also like, I would like the dress. And um, you, guys yeah, are, there was I mean, you guys are the same size. I mean, like in terms we of height are, and everything. And we're Southern yeah. pageant queens. Like, yes, let's that's do true. it. Miss North um, Georgia Peach Queen or what was your title? That's enough math. That's really close. Uh, Miss Georgia Agricultural Fair Queen. Oh, that's um, close. But she is was Miss Oklahoma. And um, so anyways, there was just a lot of madness happening, but it was good positive madness. I saw a lot of people that I am familiarized with through Twitter, through theater, through all the things, and everybody was having a great time. They were getting their goods. Um, Liz uh, from Drama Bookshop famously was getting their, you know, best Diana merch. They got this like (laughs) Diana watch, which was kind of priceless. Um, So yeah, it was, it was just a really good haul event. I can't wait to see everybody's TikToks, but I had a great time. And once again, like the, oh, what was interesting was there's usually a table for a show that hasn't opened yet. And I think it's a great marketing tool, but there was one table for some like it hot that was just selling dollar water, which I thought was kind of brilliant. <laughs> like Not bad. Them, them doing some like it hot. And then here's some water. Like that was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, so lots of good stuff going on. It's, it's a really fun event. Um, I, I really do love it. It's, it's one of those like fan meets, People that are, I mean, you got, you got Broadway stars walking around, just contributing just as well as other fans because they're fans of Broadway too. And, um, it's a great moment because the autograph tables, no more. Um, they kind of got rid of that during COVID and I think it's, it's safer for, for the actors as well. Um, but yeah, what a lovely time. Yeah. Thanks for asking Matt. Yeah. You're great. All right, everybody, that is all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt Grace. Where can people find you? You can find me on all social media platforms at It's Grace Aki. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Monday, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>